0: Welcome to weekday worship with James as the host that's right I am the new host Uh, this is your first May the first week of May podcast there's absolutely no significance to that whatsoever (laughs) Uh, It's Mother's Day week, Um, end of the seminary semester is quickly approaching, Uh end of the school year is a little slower, but also approaching. How are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good, that's all we got. Did you get anything for your mother for Mother's Day? Uh, She doesn't listen to the podcast, so I think I can talk freely about this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, uh, Mrs. Hawkins listens, like you can't talk as freely probably about something like this. So, uh, my wife being the... uh, Thoughtful, ah, you just uh, signed the cards. Winning wife uh, that she is, uh, got a card uh-huh. and a plant. Mm. Um, the plant was delivered today with wow. uh, our daughter who went over there, and uh, I have not yet written in the card, so it will wow. be delayed until this weekend. So you're, you're, you're stewing um, over what you're going to write. I'm I'm thinking through it. You know, mm. wanted to want to make sure it's special.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, right now is a little ahead of the game for me to to be on top of that. So, I got four days. Uh, you, have you figured out your Mother's Day yet? I, did, I have. It's uh, it's in the works. Okay. I guess we can't talk about it because Mrs. Hawkins is going to listen probably to this before yeah, then. maybe. So, maybe maybe
1: you can tell me about it next week if sure. we remember. Because that's such an exciting thing to keep our audience on the edge of the sheet for. What yeah. I got my mother, well, for be- their mur- mother for Mother's Day. See, you and I are a little different,
0: though, because... Um, and you're going to discover this here in the, this year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, things are going to change for you. But, um, like, up until now, Mother's Day has still been about your mom. Yeah. It's been a long time since my Mother's Day has been primarily about my mom. Yeah. yeah. My Mother's Day is predominantly about my wife mm-hmm. and making sure that my six kids who do nothing for her have some <laughs> surrogate dad doing yes. something for them. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Um, I'm thinking about trying to outsource that this week to them, and actually requiring mm. that each of the kids do something. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say that. When they're young, they they'll do like an art project. They'll yeah, make yeah, something yeah. for it. But you know, they get to be teenage boys, and they're like, mm. so. Mm. I guess yeah. that's all in the works for me in the coming years. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the the energy shifts towards uh, how do you make sure your wife is uh, affirmed, built up, celebrated. Mm. So yeah. Uh, this last Sunday was a big Sunday? It was. It was a big Sunday. Uh, a, uh, what would you say, a crossing of a threshold in your life? Yeah, it was. What happened? Uh, I was
1: ordained to the priesthood. <laughs> <laughs> wow. As our Anglican brothers would ordained say.
0: Ordained to the priesthood. Uh-huh. I appreciate you have not taken off that clerical collar since. See, <laughs> <laughs> You're still in it, even as we record the podcast.
1: Yeah. So is it comfortable? Yeah. I tried to go tight? to Jason's Della and get a minister's discount.
0: <laughs> is that a thing?
1: <laughs> I've heard guys trying to do that Really kind of sort of stuff, yeah. Really? Yeah, places used to give uh, police officers free stuff. I never heard of people giving pastors free stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, minister's discount. There are um, some towns I can think of in Georgia that are oh, not yeah. in the metro area who still give minister's discounts. Yeah, maybe I need to think
0: about some rural church planning maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so we uh, did Elder Installation this last Sunday, which is actually why we have a little flipping of the roles today. Yes. Where I am sort of the functional host, Mm -hmm. and you are sitting on the other side of the table. Not actually, there's not, I don't know which side of the table we sit on. You are on the, uh, whatever, I'm in charge. I'm on the hot seat. Yeah, you're on the hot seat. So we are going to follow up from Sunday Um, you know, just uh, time constraints around uh, events like that, moments like that. Um, uh, We are not able to do all the things we would love to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And most of our church obviously knows you well, they know Zach well, Um, but not everybody by any means has heard um, directly from you guys, your maybe testimonies, your sort of journey into this role and level of ministry. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to follow up the, uh, Elder Installation service this last Sunday with an interview. So this is going to be an, uh, a a normal length episode, but we're going to try to break that down in half into two interviews. And so I'm, I'm going to talk a bit with Caleb, and he's going to talk just some of his story and share his heart and um, uh, the, uh, the, the sort of journey that the Lord has taken him on to get to this place. And then we'll yeah. do the same with Zach. We'll combine those into one uh, normal length episode. So we're not going to cover your life comprehensively, Uh, But we are going to try to cover those ministry highlights in terms of what the Lord has done. So, here we go. You ready? I guess. You're on the hot seat. I am. So, um, welcome to the uh, circle of eldership here at Generations, by the way. (laughs) We've already done that publicly, but again, this is our first time seeing each other since that. It is. Um, So, well, first off, before we get into the sort of background, like, talk a little about what Sunday was like for you. Uh,
1: It was... it was something i've been waiting on for a long time you know i, I, I talked to a lot of guys at my seminary right now and uh, oh my gosh it'll be pretty young you know to be an elder and like that seems quick and i was like which it, it is true i'm young i'm a young guy i'm 26 turning 27 in a couple months i've been
0: months. Uh, i've been told in recent months that uh there are, there are some people who think that old and young, there's a subjectivity to
1: that. and so <laughs> Maybe you're not so young anymore, Caleb. Yeah, no. maybe not. But uh, one thing that's probably worth noting is I've probably been asking you to uh, the, for me to be an elder since 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I brought this up on your couch in the basement. Um, I was probably less than a month into the church.
0: Was that during like a, an official counseling session you were laying on the couch, and I was <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: okay uh, so it's something i've I've been desiring for for pretty pretty close to as long as I've been at the church, and yeah. you know so there's been a patience to that, you mm-hmm. know um, and uh, as you have done in particular and this church has done helpfully for me is you've slowed me down on a lot of things. Um, which is, it's really good. (laughs) I look back on the things that are slowed down for me. Um, and I'm so appreciative of that. I was telling this to, to somebody yesterday at, at my school, one of my, um, professors, I was like, it's really nice to know you did things the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just a peaceful feeling (laughs) to know you didn't rush things. You didn't manipulate it. You didn't manufacture it. You didn't like, you just. You trusted God, you you waited, you did, the, like, you just did it the right way. There's just a piece to that. Well, and the right way
0: maybe even sound like we, like, you don't mean that rigidly. You mean mm-hmm. in terms of the way that was laid out for you
1: Yeah.
0: by, in this context, yeah. our, myself and Paul and how our church has tried to walk through this, that you were submitted to that mm-hmm. process, whatever yeah. we laid out. And, and so the right way isn't necessarily one way. Mm-hmm. But it is the way within your local church context that yeah. has been
1: um kind of laid out for you, and so yeah. you've, you've I guess what I'm saying is the right way means not all my way, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. um yeah, and so that it just feels good you know to to feel like we did this in a in a in a god honoring and wise both uh way itself and timeline um if that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um, you touch on something that I didn't hit on a lot or at all on uh, on Sunday I was preaching on eldership from the Titus passage because we're walking through Titus which is partly I mean timing lined up for us to do that mm-hmm. text on the day that we were doing this so um, but in 1 Timothy 3 when Paul elsewhere outlines qualifications for eldership he begins that list with this sense of if anyone aspires to the office of, mm-hmm. of overseer or elder and um and I think in one sense, we hear language a lot in the church talk where we talk about a sense of calling. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's a place for maybe some of that language, though it's a, a, a sort of elusive idea at times. Yeah. Um, but what is clear in the text of Scripture is that if a, if a man is going to step into eldership, there ought to be a, uh, a properly oriented aspiration to that office and responsibility. Yes. And, uh, and so I think part of what you're saying is that from very young uh, from 2019, you said when we were mm-hmm. on the couch, what you were uh, indicating there was a clear sense of aspiration to this role.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, so this is, this is this is something that you and I have talked about, and it's a, and it's something that I brought up, and it's not it's not it's something that I that I really took from a book um, in terms of really focusing on that language. There's a book that recently came out by a guy named Bobby Jameson. who's It's a book basically for guys who are thinking about wanting to be pastors and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of discerning that. And he talks about this emphasis of there's a lot of kind of uh, such a push on if you feel called or not and trying to so, subject yourself to what that looks like, whereas um, really the Bible puts a lot of weight on aspiration, which is something much more objective in terms of do you aspire to this? This is something mm-hmm. you want to do. And also it puts the responsibility of someone who aspires as an eld- to be an elder. That means you, you're going to find them doing elder things mm-hmm. before they actually become one. Correct. If that <clears> makes <throat> sense. Yeah.
0: And so um. when we talk about the interchangeableness of elder, overseer, shepherd as, as sort of synonymous in certain ways, the idea of you, you will see um, a man aspiring to the office of elder, mm-hmm. he will be operating in the function of shepherding yeah. type things ministries before he's in any
1: office yeah. right the office doesn't make the man yeah. uh, in that sense and so uh, what we're saying basically is when we talk about aspiration it's not simply i wrote it down in my journal and i kind of just daydream about it all day <laughs> Dear it means
0: diary yeah. i want to be an elder yeah
1: something like that it's more aspiration means this is a guy who's who's like going after this yeah. in some way, there's something tangible about it. If that yeah, makes and, sense, yeah.
0: And then I think part of the um, part of then the objective categories for evaluation that we did talk through, which are are uh, you know also reflected in that First Timothy passage, uh, the the responsibility of those like myself and Paul in the situation is to ensure and to 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 uh, to discern whether that aspiration is a pride-oriented thing or you could call an, it, an yeah. unholy ambition, uh, some sort of power grab or maybe yeah. an ego thing or a, a status thing, or if it is yeah. a, a spiritually wrought desire to lovingly uh, take on the responsibility of caring yeah. for,
1: teaching, shepherding God's people. So it seems so. to me that the idea of calling is much more on the church, both the elders and the congregation, discerning, are you called the legitimacy that aspiration? of that aspiration so the aspiration yeah. is more focus of the per, the person who wants to be an elder mm-hmm. and the calling and discerning that is more of okay the church sees that calling in right. aspiration right. that seems to me a health, uh, yeah. healthy way to think about this
0: yeah so um yeah man so it was a uh, it was a special day for us as a church so talk a little bit just i mean people hear you talk on the podcast they've heard you preach they hear you teach in different environments you lead a small group you are relationally broadly connected within our church and, and so forth. So obviously people have some familiarity with you, almost everybody at some level, but not everybody's heard your, your testimony. Not everybody's mm-hmm. heard how you kind of came to faith in Christ. And then, and then what it was like for you to, uh, um, to undertake a pursuit of your theological development, your own discipleship into the, and then into the, the active sort of uh,
1: engagement with ministry. Yeah. Uh, so, what, just dive in. Talk to mm-hmm. us. Tell us about it. Uh, grew up here in Gwinnett County. Have never left my entire life. Um, have lived here, born and raised, pretty much. Uh, grew up in a great family, great Christian family. Went to a, a, a good church growing up. Um, I went to a great Christian schools uh, growing up. So it was really, externally, in all the best environments um, to be in as a, as a young Christian person, and. Uh, had a great uh, home and spiritual life in uh, all of those environments so there, not really any excuses to be mad at God if that makes sense um, yeah. or, to, or to have an issue with, with Christianity um, but growing up just I, it's not that I didn't believe in God or didn't think it was true or didn't think it was right or, or even you know obligated to be a Christian but I just found it all boring just wasn't what woke me up in the morning. It wasn't, I just found it. I didn't really have a taste at all for, for the things of God. It just, I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. It's not that I didn't believe it. It's, I didn't desire it. And, um, and it really wasn't until my senior of high school that, that changed, that absolutely turned upside down in terms of, uh, both developing a taste for God, but also having a, a recognition of my own sin. And, um, and coming to to true, authentic, real faith, um, my senior year of high school, and from that point on, every I mean, everything changed about what I desired and what I didn't desire. It almost flipped, and um, that kind of set me on a trajectory of, of. I don't know that I knew I wanted to go into ministry vocationally. Mm-hmm. I think I I definitely wanted to go to to. Uh, to study more like I wanted to go to seminary from the time I was a freshman in in college mm-hmm. um, I just loved theology um, and I think anyone who knows suddenly. me now suddenly the right re- yeah. I mean like Absolutely. it wasn't like you
0: were interested in the theology aspect of not things. at all like, yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but so I, I always had a desire to to study theology not necessarily know if that would be turn into a, a job or anything um, but When I was in college. Actually, I would would say there was a lot of wrestling about that, even as recently as Mm -hmm.
0: two, three years ago. Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you and I had not, like, your aspiration towards eldership and and ministry in the church was very clear. Yeah. But you were still wrestling a little bit before Mm -hmm. seminary, before decisively moving towards seminary, about whether that would be the proper vocational pursuit
1: for you. So when I got to college and had became a Christian, I got really involved in apologetics ministry. And... um, and had a lot of unique opportunities um to to do apologetics and uh and teach theology to college students in uh some really some really cool ways and so that was always my gearing was teaching theology and apologetics to college kids and particularly kids who were either not Christians or pretty fresh and uh um, my my goal going into one of my freshman year of college was I wanted to get whatever in undergrad. Um, I wanted to go to get um, something, whether seminary or some sort of uh, philosophy um, degree after that and do a PhD and something that would help me with apologetics. Like, that was, that was my big aim. Um, and so I didn't really care what I got in undergrad because uh, I was trying to set myself over that. But then I met a girl, and that changed all of my plans. <laughs> um, as that tends to happen. And her name was? Natalie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we, we met when when I was a freshman in college towards the end of my freshman year. And um, so, you know, that kind of changed things. I got to the end of undergrad and I realized, oh, I'm not going to be able to just go off into academic wonderland. I'm going to have to work if we're going to get married. And, you know, because she was a couple of years behind me in terms of schooling and so I couldn't, all that first plan was kind of derailed. Um, and that's where I really started to wrestle with is, is, is like going and pursuing education for ministry, something that I want to do when I, you, you realize in a way you don't, you know, before getting married, the burden of providing and, and all that stuff.
0: Well, yeah, like for me, it was, I had planned on law school. Mm-hmm. And then it, even when we got married, I was still intending on that. And then we got pregnant. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe. And then we found out it was twins. It
1: was like, yeah, this isn't happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And so God just uses these things to kind of steer you different yeah. directions. And so I, I had to start working and kind of put that on hold um, in terms of whether it was trying to pursue pastoral ministry uh, or something more academic mm-hmm. um, in theology. And I worked for a couple of years, and, and in that first year of getting married, um, after uh, After my first job, we we moved closer here because we came to Generations looking for a church. It was the first church I had ever been at since the church that I had grown up in and my whole family had been in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I came here, moved. we moved to Norcross, and uh, was pretty frustrated at some some, level. There's some people that would want me to make clear that you're
0: technically in uh, Eagleton, uh, (laughs) but... Yeah, yeah it's apparently, apparently I'm just a on Peachtree Corners <laughs> snob,
1: <laughs> though I'm probably <laughs> below the poverty line of, of, uh, of Norcross. And I live literally next door to Norcross High School. Like I could walk yeah. to Norcross High yeah, School. Yeah, 100%. But, I'm, but I'm, apparently that.
0: Across that, from my favorite. Is it, we always have to mention food, the restaurant. Yeah. Your, across, your apartment complex is across
1: from Kiko's, right. my, our little Mexican joint that we like mm-hmm. to go to. Yeah. But so, yeah, we moved, we moved there. Right here in Peachtree Corners, Norcross area. And uh, I'm, I was working, and it was a good job, but I, I was kind of frustrated in having to wait on uh, what to do um, in terms of uh, wh- where my trajectory wanted to be, and was wrestling with honestly what knowing the, the hardships of trying to go into vocational ministry, um, whether it be in the academy or pastoral ministry it's not a lucrative thing (laughs) it is uh you're smiling at me right now
0: (laughs) well you were you were spending at that point you moved to norcross or Mm -hmm. eagleton norcross area uh you're coming to generations uh you and scotty kind of dove in with me to Mm -hmm. this sort of uh residency kind of where we were just trying to do a deep dive into theology and ministry and i was we were spending we were spending four hours a week together on Wednesdays. I think it was that so we were spending a half day together, covering material and just whatever was happening in life and, and life of our church. And you guys were taking on some ministry responsibilities within the church and, yeah. and both of you kind of reoriented things around being able to do that. And, and in that context, I mean, I think you already knew that ministry isn't typically lucrative. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that was a point. I mean, like, yeah, what were some of the holdups for you? I mean,
1: uh, just seeing and being scared of some of the stories i've both known and seen from far of of guys who they put their chips in this bag and things go south yeah <laughs> you know um, churches and and church and ministry it's a fragile thing um, there can be a lot of hurt and uh, it's not at when you're doing it vocationally, it's always it's also putting how you feed your family on the line, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a serious thing. Yeah. Um. And so that was uh. That and was you're something. in general,
0: you're a driven guy. You're mm-hmm. you're an ambitious guy, and mm-hmm. and uh, so y- there's competing yeah. ideas of what you know, competing um, yeah. roadmaps for what your life yeah. might have been like or how yeah. you could go forward. Yeah. Um, not inherently of, ungodly. Yeah. I mean, one of think.
1: those that I, you know my hangups is I. I know at some level, um, my parents were are, are, are very hard workers, very successful, have done have done well, and have been very generous. But going into to ministry, I will not have the same standard of living as an option as growing up the way that uh, my parents mm-hmm. now have. If that yeah. makes sense, and I'm, that's not bad. That's just a real. That's a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know? grow accustomed to a certain standard uh-huh. of living, and so there's, mm-hmm. like,
0: uh, a, a dying to certain comforts or certain... Yeah. Um, it's not
1: necessarily, like, obviously, when you get out, like... Of course, that's ridiculous to try to have the same standard of your living as your parents right now. Sure. But what, I, what I'm saying is, 25 years from now, when I'm their age, you know, yeah. I, I won't probably have the same standard of living that in that situation um, in a pastoral ministry or yeah. a ministry in general, whether it be in the academy or right. not. So... Um, those are just real things that, that weighed on me in terms of, you know, kind of growing up a little bit. Except um, you were hanging out in my basement every week with me, and you were like, oh, wait, no, I can't live like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. so so, in the midst of all of that, wrestling with that in terms of trajectory vocationally, mm-hmm. I was doing it while kind of growing up in a uh, in – in a maturing way in our church at Generations, um, which is really important. I think if I wouldn't have came to Generations and uh, and really did a residency kind of discipleship, deep dive with you, I probably would have pushed things in whatever direction I did without really planting myself with uh, the local church as determinative of how I was going to pursue whatever I did. Um, and so I'm very thankful for that was a, before I did anything, I got planted in a church amongst a people with real oversight and wisdom and, and, and love and, and uh, affirmation of, of where I was going. Um, I probably would have kind of made that decision on my own without the support, care, and love of a, of a congregation mm-hmm. um, if I wouldn't have spent those years uh, generations first, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so
0: when and how did uh, your, your journey is different than Zach's, who mm-hmm. is not pursuing seminary education, he's mm-hmm. not pursuing vocational ministry. Um, when did, so in, in terms of your unique trajectory, mm-hmm. how did you come to the decision with those wrestlings those competing sort of maybe uh ambitions or or longings or or senses of responsibility even for mm-hmm. a wife and a family and all those things how did you come to the place of definitively going no I think I want to pursue seminary and pursue uh pastoral ministry in a more definitive kind of way yeah
1: uh, well, well where you
0: essentially have more or less put your chips in on that yeah, on, yeah. on
1: that uh well, since, since college, I've always, there's nothing that's felt more natural and more, uh, more like this is what I want to do with my life than teaching the Bible. I just, I mean, I, dr- I dream about preaching and teaching the Bible. That's all I think about. And I love that. And that doesn't mean that I have to be a pastor to necessarily do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do that in other environments. But so that was always there if that makes sense, since mm-hmm. really becoming a Christian, that just love of teaching and preaching the Bible. Um, so that was a big pull towards uh, all along wanting to do this. Um, but I think, but, but I don't think that's enough. I don't think a love for preaching and teaching is enough to, to go into pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think guys who, if that's all they think about and that's it, They're going to be really disappointed with what most of ministry is. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so that was there, but I think uh, seeing and knowing what it means to shepherd people, um, and both seeing the hard parts of that um, and seeing you do that, I mean, um, uh, we've been pretty close for. Years now, and I've so I've seen you shepherd people for a, for many years now, and I I know the rough parts of that, and I know the the joyous and and wonderful fruits of that, mm-hmm. um, and seeing what that's like, um, it just it adds a real richness and um, how would I say this? It gives reality to your preaching and teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't think I had seen before. Um, and seeing the, the the fruit of the Bible being preached and teached in the life of a congregation, and and both uh, the, the hard parts of people trying to implement it into their lives, and seeing how a pastor has to basically do that the other six days of a week. Um, that, who wouldn't want to give their life to that? Plenty of people. Plenty of people. Um, <laughs> uh, most people, in fact. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 ge- I guess the preaching and teaching aspect was was actually given real character and meaning
0: after yeah. you see it in the yeah, lives I, of a I, I do think
1: that because we got to walk
0: closely for that year and a half of that, but then that forged a friendship and a, uh, a sort of... Um, sharing of ideas and Mm -hmm. sharing of experience and what we were walking through, I I do think you got probably, for most people your age, an unusually uh, contoured look at the realities of Mm -hmm. pastoral ministry in a local church that isn't massive, where Mm -hmm. you're actually, like, as a pastor, connected to the people and known by the people and you know the people and you're in their lives. It's not like you're... Like, there is... There is the idea that you could have a preaching and teaching ministry in a really, really large congregation mm-hmm. where you're mostly detached from the relational mm-hmm. dynamics within the church or yeah. something like that. Like, but that's not normal pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. right? So um, talk a little bit real quick, uh, just from a time standpoint. Um, I don't want to do, cover everything that I am starting to think about, but what are... Um, there's two two things I want to hear from you on for the sake of our church because one of the things we emphasize and uh, we didn't talk about this probably so much on Sunday but but when we did the series in Acts 20 back in uh, the fall uh, we talked a lot about eldership as well as the the, the culture that that like the standards for eldership uh, that are required because like we said Sunday because of the health and culture of a church that are, mm-hmm. are that they're trying to lead and, and help cultivate. Um, and one of the things that that Acts twenty talks about is that that uh, that idea of like having an honest uh, life, integrity being known as one of the members of a flock, and leading mm-hmm. from from a, a part of the flock, and so forth. So, well, just so like people hear you, kind of your own like one of the things we care a lot about when we when we're thinking about leadership, and moving people into leadership, is self awareness mm-hmm. um, regarding your own flesh patterns, your own struggles, your own traps and vulnerabilities, as yeah. well as you know, your impact on people uh, both positively and negatively and Mm -hmm. having an accurate perception of kind of those, those things. So talk a little bit about what you, as you step into this, you take this really seriously as I do, you feel the weight of it. Um, What are the areas where, you know, or I think the language of Acts 20 is to keep watch over yourselves Mm -hmm. and over the flock of God. What is it that you know you need to keep careful watch over in you as you step into this?
1: Uh, Uh. yeah. probably uh, too much of a gravitation towards certain aspects of ministry and certain, uh, types of people. Okay. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I'm an academic type of guy. Yeah. Um, that's what I love. That's, uh, Lord willing, I'm going to apply for a PhD program this fall. Um, so I'm geared that way. So naturally, that makes me be thinking uh, doctrine and theology at a at a at a deep level is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can become the thing that I, the only thing I want to do, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that creates, if if that's your emphasis, it creates you. Gravitating only towards people who care about the same things you do mm. and um, that is the death of healthy pastoring is people just gravitating towards the ones who are like them mm. and uh, and something I have to fight mm. um, in terms of broadening both uh, a care and passion for all of ministry and all types of people yeah in valuing the people who
0: are wired very differently yes. and the strengths that they bring. Yes. Maybe even to the neglect of the areas you're most serious and passionate yes. about. Yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think it's a big one. Okay. I think it's a big one.
0: Anything else on that? I mean, I'm sure there's other things. That just, I was trying to hit at least one highlight. Um, and, and part of the reason I say that is um, just, you know, because my hope would be that as people hear you, and that, that, you know, when we talk about, man, pray for your leaders, it's not just like people remind me and I appreciate it that they pray for me. Like yeah. people need to pray for, for all of us yeah. diligently. Like we mm-hmm. need that. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think your own sense of your own vulnerabilities helps people to know how to pray for you, how mm-hmm. to encourage you, um, how to help you know intercede for you. That we might see you uh, not just begin and start faithful ministry, but mm-hmm. that many, many years from now we would see you finish well. Like, cause that's what I want, right. As a, as a pastor and as, as you know, what has been the pastor of your church and your friend. And, and now, you know, both of us on on the same elder team, like I want to see you, I'm excited about you starting. Yeah. I really, really, really long to see you finish well. And that's many years from now, obviously. So, so, so uh, just faithfulness and, and those things. So I think about, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that, that I've talked about with you that I even prayed for you, I think, on Sunday is, like, you have this you have this really sharp mind. Uh, it's a gift from the Lord, and you're enormously gifted, and, uh, and with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as Spider-Man said, or actually it was, was it his uncle? Who was it? Aunt? Uh, that's your world. Like, uncle know. Ben, I don't know. I think it was Uncle Ben said that. Um, anyway. Um. But uh. But yeah, man. Just. Uh. I think knowing that there's this, this pull to certain directions, and mm-hmm. um, and that could. I think the other side of that is like when you don't fully appreciate the full range of kind of people and their makeup and their yeah. gifts, things and what they bring, is you you end up valuing, uh, platforming, promoting, um, you know, all those, and so even even as an elder team uh, you know, I think building an elder team where we have very different personalities and yeah, different uh, sure. emphases and stuff is a really yeah. healthy thing. So that there's super a healthy and super hard. It's a, that's yeah. a, that's a hard thing to do. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, but we're committed to doing it. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to hear uh, a little bit on was just um, for us, pastoral ministry. I mean, you have to love God's people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the undergirding thing is like this love for God, this zeal for the Lord and his glory, but that has produced a, a, a deep affection mm-hmm. for people in general, but particularly for the people in the flock that, that the Holy spirit has made you an overseer. Yeah. Just talk a little bit about, I don't know, your heart for generations specifically mm-hmm. for the people here. Um, I just want them to hear beyond obviously your, your passion for sound doctrine and, and, uh, um, wise you know theological development, and those things like mm. uh, um I think people don't always as maybe it's easy to hear your um your thought yes right your clarity of thought people don't maybe uh, for for all the clarity of thought sometimes might <coughs> miss the pastoral heart
1: mm-hmm. uh I mean the first thing I would say is i don't I don't feel like I'm coming in wanting to do a bunch of things, add a bunch of things differently for our people. I actually consider myself a product of our church's culture over the last few years. And so my heart is to see people uh, experience the maturity and richness that I have experienced here, if that makes sense, in terms of I want people to experience what I have went through in terms of coming into a people of God who mature with one another, grow with one another, both in doctrine and practice, and commit themselves to one another um, in relationship, and come out as healthy, mature Christians who see the church as central um, to their lives, and the gospel as central to the church. Those are simple things, but they are lacking in lots and lots and lots of people who call themselves Christians. Mm-hmm. A centrality of the gospel and a centeredness on the church. That's a pro- I'm a product of being a part of this church, um, uh, producing those two things. Mm-hmm. And so my heart is to continue that, however I can make people go through that (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and have to where if they stay here, wonderful. But I love that, uh, that we can lay down as elders, knowing that if people come to our church and if they leave our church, they know both in hearing it taught and seeing it lived that God's plan for the world is his church Mm -hmm. and God's plan for the church to reach the world is his gospel.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And um, that's what I, that's what I think our, our church has done really well. And I want to, I want to contribute to that mission of, of really reorienting how people not only are, are, uh, growing in Christianity, but they're actually being like their Christianity and how, what they know of it is changing, hmm. um, to less of an indi- individualistic type of kind of nominal Christianity to something that is committed to a different worldview of seeing yeah. your life centered on God's church. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here to contribute to that because it's something that I, I feel like I have benefited from. I want to see more, more, more people that have, uh, come to fruition. Like I have in those ways cool. from here. Cool.
0: Um, maybe one more. And I, this may I didn't intend this may sound similar question maybe maybe there's more nuance or something else that you would say, so I was gonna ask you around like part of what you're saying is a little bit of vision there, but leaders are people of vision inherently mm-hmm. um and at at one level you, we have in a in a shared leadership model where we want to have a shared vision mm-hmm. um but there's different points of emphasis that are uh maybe uh more <laughs> uh that each of us are maybe more passionate about this mm-hmm. kind of aspect of thing of this, but like, what's one thing as you step into this, you're coming to the end of this semester, there's, you've got, we're going to start the new ministry year come August. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing a, a, an elders and wives and staff retreat kind of in the few weeks from now and uh, kind of uh, praying and planning towards next year and everything. What's maybe one burning thing or one, one thing that you're just, you're hopeful for, one of the things i always we always talk about is like I feel like we're not a church that is in all the ways I want to be fully developed, mm-hmm. but we are a developing church, and I feel really at peace with being on schedule with where yeah. God has us, yeah um but there's more um we believe that as God's growing us that there's more that God has for us Mm -hmm. together and then through our church in terms of into our community what like what's one thing that you're just really hopeful for or maybe driving towards like this next year or so um as you step into this kind of new role in this season of our church like what I don't know what's getting you out of bed in the morning it specifically with the church ministry part not with seminary but
1: yeah uh, well, um, I'll start with one that I have nothing to do with because I I don't feel like I have a lot to offer here, but I'm ex- I'm excited to seeing it see it develop within our church. Is a real not just desire, but people who would like to put their their hand to the plow for uh, missions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's huge for our church. I think it's something that uh, us as an elder team that that not necessarily any of our None of us have been missionaries or that's not really our emphasis or specialty or in terms of, of thinking through in terms of global uh, missions that we've been involved in in missions. Before. But there seems to be a real like congregational from a uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, sprouting of ser- with certain people, both in our church for a long time and people who have recently come to our church who are starting to really want to kind of grind towards seen more of that Mm -hmm. um that's super exciting (laughs) yeah you know that that like that's not from the top down trying to get people on board with something it's actually Mm -hmm. people within our congregation hey will you get on board with us yeah and it's i think one of the responsibilities we have
0: as elders is not just to try to push our vision but to actually Mm -hmm. discern god's activity yeah right and i think one of the things we've noticed is in the last several months the Lord has brought more and more people with mm-hmm. a history of missions, a yeah. heart for missions, a desire yeah. for missions, and so part of us is kind of perking up to that, going, "What's God doing?" Mm-hmm. and uh, and we're coming far enough out of COVID that we're we're getting to a place where we can reengage missions at a deeper level, and we need to. In fact, uh, we haven't even announced this, you know, from up front. But but one thing that was solidified last week was we have a, a team that we've now uh, kind of. Uh, that is booking a trip to Columbia. So we're going to have mm-hmm. some, some of our folks on the ground, um, in August to kind of go reestablish face-to-face contact with and mm-hmm. the encouragement of our partners there. And so we're hopeful that that will kind of reignite for us as a church, like being on the ground there, um, having some, some, uh, official representation from our church there that, that will start to, uh, reconnect that. And then some of the other mission partnerships we have, and then, you know, uh, seeing what God has down the road in terms of even expanding those. But, um, but and, and I think that's, again, that's another part of eldership is like there's the things that we are maybe most oriented towards, most passionate about. Um, and then there's also the, the recognition that even though I don't have maybe this main thing as my main focus, mm-hmm. but, but we as pastors are not just shepherds of sheep. We're shepherds of the whole flock. Yeah. And so we have the personal ministry aspect to each individual person, but then we have to think as well of the big picture Mm-hmm. Of, of how we as a people are developing and where we're going and how God's using us and what he's doing among us. And yeah. so there's a kind of dual lens there that we have to see kind of that, that, that smaller personal thing. And then that larger collective, mm-hmm. uh, and I think part of what you're identifying, there's something maybe on the broader collective of yeah. what God's doing. So yeah. um, cool. Um, anything else just from this journey, from the angst and longing of a 22 year old on my couch in 2019 <laughs> to uh to now stepping into the office of overseer. We'll wrap it up after whatever your last words are on this.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just, I'm so thankful for, for all of the people who have, who have affirmed this. Um, I mean, not only with eldership, but I mean, this church has invested so much time and opportunity and money into me. I mean, uh, the church helps pay for a significant part of my seminary education and uh, uh has given me so many opportunities to to both lead in ministry to preach over the years to i mean just has just has rolled it all out to give me this opportunity and uh and I'm so thankful for that aren't uh, you glad I didn't know any better that we didn't know any better <laughs> <laughs> I guess just kidding um that's just such a that's such a comforting thing to know that uh, you know you have a congregation that's affirming what you're doing mm-hmm. and uh and both and also there's real uh there's real people behind what you're doing like there's mm-hmm. a motivation of i'm here to serve these people not just to go after this career yeah if that makes sense yeah. and uh, that has been uh, affirmed and uh, and just cheered on by so many people in so many ways in this church and my um, i, I I, I don't know that i could dream it up any better you know um so i'm just so thankful for for our church and what they've meant to to not only growing as a christian but helping me uh, pursue this uh hopefully a uh, long career of ministering to god's people yeah um, here and elsewhere Amen. so
0: I mean, well, I'll just reiterate at a personal level. I've enjoyed the journey as well. It's been a joy and privilege and honor for me to walk with you to see the work of God and His Spirit in your heart. To to see you go through the wrestlings and the the struggle of you know what directions to go, and then to to settle into where He's leading you, and to um, kind of sit in those tensions with you. And uh, um, and I think the thing that. Oh, the thing that most people know, I think, about you is, again, the, the sharpness of mind, the clarity of doctrine, the concern for, for soundness of those things, the probably unusual for your age grasp of, of um, doctrinal things, both not not just in terms of doctrinal uh, positions, but maybe even historical realities, broader landscape realities of mm-hmm. Christian theology or, or false teachings even, and those kind of things. But but I think what most people, because there are some of those aspects, I think people are apt to be impressed with. Um, and sometimes impressiveness in an area um, can draw attention to you rather than to the Lord Jesus. And, and I think what I always want um, what, to, what I would highlight about you as a brother and a friend on this journey together and as a co-laborer, is that I appreciate all those giftings. I think they're a gift uh, to us as a people, to our church. Um, they've been good to me, and stimulating and sharpening for me. Um, but I most appreciate the humility uh, of heart that you've tried to pursue and cultivate. That's underneath all of that, because mm-hmm. all of those things, if you're too impressive in some of those ways, it can lead to a lot of arrogance and. Um, And one of the reasons I think we felt confident moving this direction with a young man into this role of of substantial responsibility and influence is because of your uh, demonstrated pursuit of a humble heart, of repentance, of uh, integrity, and those things. And so uh, I just want to affirm that publicly on this platform just to say, like, that's the part of you I hope people get to know more of Mm -hmm. uh, and more deeply and get to experience with you as one of their pastors now. Yeah. Um, thanks for taking the time with us. I hope this was a helpful uh, uh, episode of just people getting to know you a little bit more at a personal level and you're stepping into this. Uh, it is long enough that I'm probably not going to do one episode. I'm just going to go ahead and we're going to edit this thing down. We're going to drop it today and then we'll do Zach's uh, episode separately and we'll have a two episode week as a gift to everybody for Mother's Day.
1: I, I could have bet money on that probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a shorter episode than most single episodes. So. But I don't think Elder should be going around gambling too much, so I didn't You didn't want to bet because of that. Yeah. All right.
0: Well that's probably what's Yeah. Thanks for that. Um all right, y'all have a great week and we will see you on Sunday.